This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and coming up, if you, God forbid, have fire or flood damage, uh, our next guests are the people you need to talk to. Canstar Fire and Flood, Canstar Restorations, and uh, they have had a busy year with all the flooding and fire we've seen. Uh, it'll be a very interesting conversation. But coming up first, uh, some of the consumer news headlines from the past week. An environmental group has released an open letter to the BC Education Minister, Jennifer Whiteside, urging her to end fossil fuel promotion in schools. I'll explain. The BC chapter of the Canadian Association of Physicians for the Environment says fossil fuel companies should not be allowed to provide educational materials to public schools. This is all after one of the members of that group noticed that her son brought home some educational material which had been supplied to the school by Fortis BC, which of course is BC's largest distributor of natural gas. The BC Education Ministry says it doesn't review or endorse educational resources provided by industry, but is, quote, reviewing the issue to ensure classrooms are free of corporate priorities, unquote. Donations continue to pour in from Canadians to support Ukrainians fleeing Russia's invasion of their homeland. There's been a steady lineup outside the Toronto office of a Ukrainian-Canadian shipping company as residents drop off aid packages. The Canada-Ukraine Foundation says it raised $4 bucks by Monday and has so far delivered $500,000 worth of that to provide food packages, medicine, and shelter to refugees. The federal government announced this week it will match every donation uh, made to the Red Cross for Ukraine up to $10 million. Premier John Horgan says he's not concerned that will uh, life will be a bit more expensive here in BC because of those sanctions against Russia and uh, all due to the invasion of Ukraine. Horgan says he supports the federal government's decision to impose a 35% tariff on Russian and Belarus exports to Canada. The move has potential economic consequences for BC sectors that rely on Russian products. For example, that includes major construction projects that use Russian steel. Two media giants in Canada appear to still be on track to merge, but is it going to be good news, especially for us cell phone customers? Rogers says it still expects its $26 billion takeover of Shaw Communications to close in the first half of this year. This is even after the federal government stated its intention to block the wholesale transfer of Shaw's wireless licenses. A lot of consumer groups and cell phone customers don't like the idea of a merger because they feel it will further decrease competition in the cell phone market. Here in a country where we already face some of the highest cell phone prices in the world, Federal Industry Minister Francois-Philippe Champagne says he shares many of those concerns. He says the government will not allow Rogers to acquire all of Shaw's cell phone business. 
and fans will not need to present proof of vaccination to attend the upcoming NHL Heritage Classic outdoor hockey game in Hamilton, Ontario, while masks will be required for indoor areas. The game between the Leafs and the Buffalo Sabres is set to take place at Tim Hortons Field on March 13th. Ontario lifted several of its COVID-19 restrictions this past Tuesday, including capacity limits on large venues and proof of vaccination for indoor spaces. The province of Ontario also announced it is considering removing indoor mask mandates in the coming weeks. This is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. Coming up, it's all about dealing with fire and flood as we talk to the folks at CanStar Restorations. That's next. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. And uh, if you've ever had to deal with flooding or fire damage in your home, uh, you know what a nightmare it is. And my guest right now is here to help. Mike Chisholm is the CEO of CanStar Restorations. Uh, you can find them online, canstarrestorations.com. They're a fire and flood uh, restoration company. And in addition to repairing fire, water, and storm damage, they also clean up and safely dispose of hazardous materials, uh, biohazards, asbestos, and mold. So they do it all. They've got four offices in the lower mainland, one Sea to Sky office, there's four in the Okanagan, and two in Alberta. And uh, so, so basically, they're here to help in BC. And Mike Chisholm is with us. Hi, Mike, how are you? Hey, Martin. Good. How are you? Good, 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 good. So let's talk about, uh, really quickly about CanStar. Uh, you've been around a long time, like 35 years, and, and you yep. deal with all sorts of clients, big and small. We do. We deal with uh, small basement uh, floods right up to multi-unit uh, stratas, commercial buildings, you know, any job that could be $1,000 right up to $10 million. Right. And, and uh, with... With what's going on in our world, uh, I've talked to a few people. Uh, I've interviewed a lot of, uh, you know, cl everybody from climate scientists to city planners. And one of the things that they all say is one thing we can expect uh, in the years to come is more and more flooding. And uh, I guess uh, you, you're seeing that in your business, aren't you? We certainly are. I mean, uh, November... The, the floods and the rain that we had in mid-November is a good sign of that. Um, you know, even the freezing temperatures that we had at the end of December caused a lot of havoc around the city as well with broken pipes. And there's certainly some different uh, weather things going on out there. Right. So what's, what's the most common thing that the average homeowner uh, is dealing with these days in your experience? Um, Surprisingly, a lot of the flood work that we do is unrelated to weather. It's it's more related to broken pipes, you know, broken hoses off of dishwashers, uh, broken hot water tanks, those kind of things. The weather, you know, plays certainly plays a part in it, but a lot of it is just people, you know, being unprepared in their homes when they go away, um, you know, just wear and tear in, in the things in their homes that causes a lot of the flooding. Right. Well, let's talk about the process of, of somebody, you know, who comes home, a pipe is busted or, or something like that. And, uh, they, they their house is flooded. What's the process? How, uh, do, do people know to call you right away? Or is this is sort of, they deal with the insurance company, um, from the time they find the water in the basement or the kitchen, uh, how does the process go? 
Yeah, it's kind of a combination of those. Um, you know, a lot of people know enough to call a restoration company to come in. Some people, their initial call is right to their insurance company. And insurance companies tend to have preferred uh, restoration companies that they deal with, although it's not mandatory for the homeowner to use that company. And then you get some people who just prefer to, to try and mitigate it themselves. You know, they get a, a shop back and a, and a mop and try and clean it up. So it's, uh, it's kind of a, a, a combination of a lot of things. They all end up dealing with a restoration company at some point. So we have a call center that's open 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. So, you know, when people call us, they generally, they'll get the call center, they'll get an immediate call back from one of our project managers. And that project manager will run through them the extent of the damage. And while they're doing that, um, they are actually dispatching a a flood crew or a fire crew, depending on the type of damage. And they'll arrive at the house within an hour in normal times. So, and yeah, so it's, it's gotta be quick response because, you know, bad things are happening. Not everybody knows where to find the water shut off in their home. The people that do it, it mitigates the damage quicker. Um, And the people that don't, you know, sometimes it's still flowing by the time we get there. So we find that immediately shut it off. We go in and we start to extract the water just to get it stabilized. We start moving things out of the way that needs to be moved. Um, And then from that, we'll, we'll start to um, uh, figure out what the damage is and what needs to be done down the road. So the big initial thing is getting the water out and then stabilizing it and getting dehumidification equipment in there. We'll actually um, use thermal imaging cameras and moisture meters to find where the water is because quite often what happens is people think that, you know, they've mopped up the water, but they don't realize that it's in their walls, it's still in their flooring, it's in their furniture, you know, anything else that may have gotten wet. And if you don't get rid of that moisture, it'll turn into mold pretty quickly. So, you know, while we're there, we're also doing psychrometry readings. Uh, That's the measurement of particles of moisture in the air as we're drying so that we make sure that um, the readings are correct and it's totally dry before we start to um, do any type of rebuild. But as we're going through that, we'll also do some demolition that's required. We may have to take out some flooring. We may have to take out some drywall. Uh, We might have to take your furniture and some of your clothing personal belongings and get that dry properly and clean properly. Um, and then once, once all that's done and the demolition is done, then we start on the rebuild. So what happens is sometimes people will, will actually have to move out of their home, depending on the extent of the damage. They may have to move into another part of their home. But once the rebuild is done, then we'll move everything back in the way it was before and people can get back into their, back into their homes or that area of their home. Right. So just a, f- a few reasons why you should uh, file the name CanStar Restorations in the back of your mind, because you may not need it now, but you might need it. And when you do need it, you need it quickly. And if you uh, do need CanStar Fire and Flood, you can go to CanStarRestorations.com and they've got that 24-7 emergency response number and everything you need to know. And uh, my next question, I think you may have answered it because I was going to say, what about people who, who, like you say, pull out the shop vac and they try to clean it up themselves? Um, and you, you mentioned all the sort of high-tech equipment you use. So I, I was going to ask, like, what mistakes do people make when they try to do it themselves? 
Yeah, it's, you know, we've had claims and, and a lot recently as well from the floods back in November where people have tried to do it themselves. And now we're, we're called in by them or the insurance companies because mold is growing and it's evident. And this is the big challenge with doing it yourself is if you don't, you don't have the readings and you don't have the proper equipment to make sure it's dry, it's inevitable that mold is going to start to grow. And as we all know, that's, that's never a good thing. Yeah. And, and mold uh, can be really serious. Like it can affect people's health. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, almost every job that we deal with, uh, we have to make sure that there's no chance of mold um, that's going to grow in the area that we've mitigated before we leave the, the property. So it's so key that it's the amount of damage that mold can do. People don't understand. Right. So I guess, I mean, flooding uh, is, is a huge concern uh, in, in the restoration world, uh, but it's also the, the name of it is fire and flood, Canstar fire and flood. So, so uh, what are some of the other issues that, that people might have that where they will need to call Canstar? Yeah. So if, you know, there's, we do a lot of fire claims as well. Um, and a lot of those you know, it can come from faulty wiring in a home. Uh, it can come from somebody just left for work and left the pot boiling on the stove. Um, there's all kinds of different things that cause it. And even the smallest of kitchen fires can cause damage, the smoke damage and, and the odor that gets into the house has to be mitigated as well. And we do a lot of that type of work where we have to get the smoke smell um, out of the walls and out of the furniture and, and out of everything else in there because it's, it stays if you don't treat it properly. Right. So it's sort of similar to flooding. It's not something you want to do yourself if you don't know what you're doing because a, a fire can uh, have some long lasting effects in a home. Absolutely. And, and you may not notice the smell because you were in it, especially of smoke. Um, but, you know, if somebody else comes into your home or you go to sell the home and there's a smell of smoke that you never realized because you just kind of gotten used to it, it's, it can cause a lot of, a lot of issues. Right. So what are some tips for, for people who own a home or, or own a business to avoid uh, these kind of problems, you know, like obviously avoiding fire, but also flood and, and what kind of tips do you have for people? Uh, biggest one would be know where your water shut off is in your home, because that is going to stop the flow of water um, quickly. If you don't know where that is, um, it can be a real challenge. Um, you know, get things checked regularly. Get regular maintenance, especially on your hot water tank. Um, hot water tanks are one of the most common um, causes of floods in homes that we experience. So make sure that's serviced on a regular basis. Even if you go away on vacation, make sure you shut off your the hose to your washing machine, your dishwasher, you know, any kind of shut off valve that you have. If you can do that when you go away, then better chance that you're not going to come home for vacation to a, a house full of water. Yeah. I, I always remember, uh, there was a shutoff in our basement, uh, to, to, from the outside to the inside and it froze. And then when things got warmer, the, the pipe burst. And I remember going, I heard the noise. I was lucky enough to be home and I heard the noise went downstairs. I had no idea where the, where the, where the shutoff was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I figured it out, but it took like way longer than it needed to. And I guess that's like you say, um, if, if water is pouring in and people don't know that can cause a huge amount of damage. Absolutely. And you just hit on a good point too, is the, the outside taps in your home. 
uh, when you're going into the winter months. I know in the lower mainland, we don't get as much freezing, but any any kind of freezing below zero can crack those pipes. So you know, shut those off and make sure the water source from inside is shut off as well and drain the drain the, the, the tap itself and then you don't have to worry about that. Right. And so, you know, I guess fire and flood are the big ones. What are some other things that you deal with uh, at CanStar that uh, people might not realize they could call you and get some help with? Yeah, we do. We do a lot of uh, hazardous abatement and particularly in the areas of mold and asbestos removal. So we get a lot of calls that are just mold related or asbestos related. Somebody wants us to check um, you know, they're selling the home, they want to check it for asbestos, or they're buying a home and they want to check it, or they want to have it removed and replaced with something safer. Um, so there is a lot of mold and asbestos work we do. Lead, lead is another one that, that we deal with. Uh, another service that we started during COVID was COVID cleaning, uh, deep cleaning to just disinfect areas that the common areas that people use. Not for residents, uh, residential homes as much, but certainly commercial and property management and institutional health care, those kind of things. So there's a, a lot of different things that we deal with. Um, we also do contents work. So when we were talking about we may have to move your furniture and your clothing out of your home, we bring it back to our facility and we clean it. We clean it properly so we get you know any kind of moisture out is dried properly. We get any kind of smoke smell out of it, and that could include anything right Every, every item you can imagine that you would have in your home, we can, we can restore it so that it, you know, when it goes back in, you're not having issues with it. There's no moisture. There's no smoke, those kind of things. So kind of a full-service um, restoration company and with a, a couple of side twists to it as well. Just more reasons why you want an expert to do it because there's so many things you don't think about smells and and mold and all these sort of invisible things that you might not think about and that's why canstar is your best friend when it comes to these kind of disasters canstar fire and flood uh is the name of the company you can go to canstarrestorations.com to learn everything you need to know and uh when vancouver consumer continues we'll have more with mike chisholm the ceo of canstar on how you can uh, not only uh, prepare yourself better for these kinds of things, but also deal with them efficiently when they happen. That's when we return with more right after this. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and we are talking uh, disasters, fire and flood, and uh, who you need to call when you find yourself with a flood in your home or your business or, or fire damage. You want a a restoration company that knows what they're doing. And CanStar Fire and Flood is a full-service restoration. They repair fire, water, storm damage. Uh, They also clean and safely dispose of hazardous materials, uh, asbestos, mold, and trauma scene biohazards, it says here. And with me now is the CEO of CanStar Fire and Flood, Mike Chisholm. And uh, trauma scene biohazards. Uh, Mike, that sounds uh, pretty serious. Yeah, it, it certainly can be. Um, you know, there's there's different things that we do there. Sometimes it's just going in. You know, we do a lot of work with the police departments. Uh, we may go in and, and clean up a police vehicle that's been, been soiled. Could be a jail cell that's had some issues in it. Some of the more serious ones are, you know, when there's a, a death and we will go in and, and clean up the scene. And it could be you know, natural causes right up to, you know, um, 
more gruesome, I guess, suicide type of things. So we have special teams here that will go in and actually do that and, and get it all cleaned up and, and sanitized properly. Wow. It, it makes the, the flood damage in the basement seem a little easier to take. <laughs> and, and it's certainly a different, uh, you know, a different group of individuals that can do that type of work as well. Yeah, I guess very specialized. Well, let, let's talk more about flooding because we, we talked a lot about the most common thing for homeowners. It's it's the pipes bursting. And we talked a little bit about the things you can do to protect yourself from that and the things you need to do if you do have uh, flooding in your basement that you may not even notice. But I'm guessing this past uh, fall and winter um, must have been an incredibly busy time for you in terms of flooding because you have offices right across BC, four in the Lower Mainland, a Sea to Sky office, four in the Okanagan, two in Alberta. Um, so I'm guessing you were run off your feet uh, this past fall with all the flooding. We, we absolutely were. Um, you know, it's, I believe we set a record for the number of, of claims that we got and all of the other restoration companies were the same. You know, the, the rains and the floods in November were was significant and, and just caused a lot of havoc. None of us could keep up to the amount of volume uh, that came from that. So we were all falling a little bit behind. Earlier, I mentioned we're, we respond within an hour. Uh, we're generally on the job. And we were at times, you know, five or six days out to be able to get to somebody's home. Um, and everybody was in the same boat. And then we just sort of recovered uh, a little bit and we had the freezing the end of December which caused broken pipes all over the city and it and it was even bigger than the, the floods in November so we've all been super super busy um, it required all hands on deck the amount of overtime that we were getting our employees to do um, almost to the point of burnout so it was tough to keep up but our job was really we changed our strategy a little bit where Normally, we would show up at a home and immediately start, you know, extracting and, and moving things and demoing what we, what we need to demo. With all of that work, what we were doing was getting to the home uh, or the business, extracting the water, starting the stabilization process, and then moving on to the next one. And then as we got through all of those real emergencies, we started to circle back and, and then you know, get the drying finished and start to do the demolition part. But it has stretched out these jobs far longer than, than anybody would normally like, but it just it hit the industry really, really hard. So it was a, it was a different time. Um, we learned a lot of things through it. We ended up having to rent a significant amount of equipment just to keep up. But, you know, we, we have clients we need to service, and that's the homeowner or the business owner and the insurance company. So, we, we did manage to respond to everything that, that they asked us to. It just, it was a bit of a longer process. Yeah. And you must have seen some examples of flooding uh, like you've never seen before. Are, are, were there some houses that were complete write-offs because of that flooding? Oh, absolutely. In, you know, it, in particular out in the Okanagan, so in the Merritt area um, and Princeton, they got hit extremely hard and there's still, there's still residents homes that nobody's been into yet because it started to freeze right after the floods. You know, they get different weather than we do here, obviously. So there's still a lot of homes that haven't been touched yet and are probably going to have to be torn down because with the amount of water and silt that ended up in the basements, the shifting of the foundations is, will be significant enough that you won't be able to repair it. You'll have to replace it. 
Wow. And I, I guess you, you mentioned that you learned a lot from this past fall and, and winter. Um, so tell me about the changes for, for restoration companies. It, it must have, you know, like a, a major shift in the way you do business. Yeah. You know, we had back in late January, early February in 2020, we had a, a big weather event where there was some freezing, some snow, and then a, a lot of rain. And we thought that we had come up with a plan to, to respond to that type of, of an event. And, and we did. Um, but this, these ones were far bigger. And it just showed us that, you know, we got to do better planning um, for an event that size. Because like you said earlier, the weather experts are saying that there's going to be more and more of these types of events. So for us, it's you're getting enough equipment in place um, so that we can respond without having to rely on as much rental equipment. I mean, rental equipment is going to be there regardless, um, but also getting our, our employees, um, you know, set up so that we can respond to some of these things a little bit differently. I mean, our group did a fantastic job getting out there and, and mitigating all this stuff. You know, our, our flood crews were just amazing, but it showed us that, you know, we probably need to do some training in other areas of our business so that we can move employees from one department to another to help out in, in certain areas so that we can keep up to the volumes a little bit better. Right. From the big to the small, we're, we're talking uh, to Mike Chisholm, CEO of CanStar Fire and Flood. You can see them online at canstarrestorations.com. And uh, it's a name that you should file in the back of your head, CanStar, because you may not need it now, uh, but if you do need them, if you have some flood damage, some fire damage, um, you need to uh, to call somebody. And CanStar are the people to call. They have lots of offices throughout BC. And uh, if you go to their website, there's a phone number. They have a 24-7 emergency response, and uh, big or small. And uh, let, let's talk about how COVID has affected your business. Um, I guess a lot of people are are going back to work slowly where they weren't going into businesses. And how has that affected uh, buildings and the way the way the way you deal with uh, buildings as suddenly that that were pretty much empty for a long time and now they're the the people are coming back. Yeah, the the impact of COVID was severe on the restoration industry. Um, insurance claims were down, I think, fifty percent throughout COVID. And that had a big impact on us, obviously, and, and our competitors, too. And so we had to adjust. You know, we had to adjust the way we did business, obviously. Safety is first and foremost at our, at our company for our employees and our, our clients. So, you know, the things that we had to do to screen the, the homeowners or the business owners that we were going into to make sure there was no exposures there and making sure that our own staff were wearing the proper equipment, um, and safety, safety equipment and, and suited up so that there was no fear from the homeowner or the business owner that we were going to, you know, we, we could transmit something ourselves. So there was a lot of work that we did around that. And our safety department did a, a really, really good job of, of coming up with a plan to, to respond to that. So that was, you know, significant in itself. And now that people are going back to work, um, and one of the reasons the claims were down is because people were at home where if something bad happened, they could shut off the water and, and mop it up rather than coming home from work seven hours later to a basement full of water. Now that people are going back, the big concern is, you know, how safe is my workplace? Like, uh, you know, I've been working from home for almost two years. 
and I, I, I feel safe at home. Now I'm going into an office where I could potentially be exposed to you know, a whole bunch of people that may potentially have COVID. So we have a COVID cleaning service that we offer to businesses and, and property management. All of our commercial clients, again, not so much residential, but we will go in, you know, it's good for them to do a weekly deep COVID clean. Um, they're in wiping down surfaces probably every day anyways, but a once a week deep COVID clean from, from whoever is a really, really good idea. And it puts everybody's mind at ease as well. Um, so, you know, we've, that's a service that we added just to, to respond to that. We did it during COVID and, and now it's, it's even more prevalent with people going back to work. Right. Canstarrestorations.com is the website to go to. We're talking to the CEO of Canstar, Mike Chisholm. And uh, we talked earlier about uh, things you can do in your home, like knowing where the shutoffs are. That's number one. Uh, making sure your your pipes are, uh, you know, like, uh, for example, in the winter, I'm guessing uh, something you tell people to do is to uh, get all the water out of the hose and open up the, the spigot outside. So if it freezes, there's no water to freeze. Um, but what about business owners, people with office buildings? What are, what are some things they can do to, to protect not only the building, but also the employees? Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny you ask because a lot of businesses don't understand the same types of things that you just talked about from a home perspective, and they deal with all the same issues. You know, they have pipes that are close to the walls. They have outside taps. Um, you know, they have hot water tanks. It, it's pretty much all the same things. The, the key with businesses is because you tend to have more people there, more things can happen. So, you know, somebody could leave a, a paper towel in the sink and the sink running in, in the bathroom and nobody notices for a while. You know, doing regular checks of those type of things, the facilities and the kitchens, the washrooms where, you know, there is water that could potentially run uh, on and on and on and, and even overnight if somebody doesn't notice it. You know, if you're at home, and your water's running, you're generally going to figure it out. But if everybody goes home from the office and somebody left a tap running and there's paper towel in the sink, it's going to be a disaster. So regular checks of those areas, I think, are key for businesses as well. Yeah, I guess it's a thing where people go home and there's nobody in the place. I, I remember we had a big lobster feast at a, at a radio station I worked at on a Friday afternoon because the the lobster restaurant came to the uh, the control room and we just left it in the lunchroom and uh, nobody cleaned it. <laughs> and it was all this lobster <laughs> oh. and it was, the light was hitting it from the sun. And, and on Monday morning, it was oh. a, it was a brutal scene. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. It might not, it might not be something you call a restoration company to fix, but uh, it was getting close. Uh, well, you might have to, because the smell would get into just about everything, right? You may not get it out of some things. Yeah. Are there some places you go to and the smell is just, uh, you, you can't do anything about it. I guess you're the expert at getting smells out. Exactly. We are. Yeah. <laughs> can star <laughs> restorations is what we're talking about. Uh, but it's a serious thing too, because you were talking about fires and, uh, you know, fire, the smell of smoke can get into areas that, uh, you know, in the walls and you just got to get it out. And that's why you should call an expert. And that expert is CanStar Fire and Flood, CanStar Restorations. And if you go to their website at canstarrestorations.com, you can find out everything you need to know. And if nothing else, just file away the name CanStar. Uh, and when you do need them, 
you can go to canstarrestorations.com. They've got a 24-7 emergency response line, a phone number on that website, and uh, they can get to your place in literally a matter of hours. So, Mike, uh, thank you so much for talking to us. Very interesting stuff. Well, thank you very much for having me. All right. Mike Chisholm is the CEO of CanStar Restorations. And as I say, canstarrestorations.com is the website. website. Coming up, it's, uh, you know, all the outdoor patios that started because of COVID. Well, they're going to stick around even after the pandemic, which most people are very happy about. But is the city council of Vancouver, is their red tape going to ruin everything? That's coming up next. Stick around. I'm Martin Strong, and welcome back to Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. And you know, one of the bright spots, if you can call it a bright spot from COVID, has been the way restaurants have been able to maximize their patios so that people could relax with some food, maybe a drink outside. It seems a simple idea. Let restaurants make the most of their outside space. So how do you ruin that? Well, you let the city get a little too involved, perhaps. This past week, the city of Vancouver released a 34-page guideline package, which is meant to formalize the so-called Temporary Expedited Patio Program, which was created in the early days of the pandemic to allow sidewalk and curbside patios. Council voted this past September to make that program permanent. But this new document, released last week, full of new rules and regulations, is not going over very well. Representatives of BC's hospitality industry are slamming it, saying it's going to cost businesses time and thousands of dollars. The BC Restaurant and Food Services Association and the BC Craft Brewers Guild says the guidelines will bog down what was a simple process and a lifeline for small businesses in red tape and add a price tag of about 5000 bucks for approval of a six-square-meter patio. The new rules include new application fees plus square footage charges. And according to Ian Tostenson, the president of the BC Restaurant and Food Services Organization, it also has a new requirement for architectural drawings for the outside and inside, which will cost uh, another three grand. Tostenson says it's completely tone-deaf adding that the city doesn't understand that we are still in a pandemic. In his words, they're living in another world over there at City Hall. Oh yeah, and add to that, there's a time constraint. Tostenson says even if a business could locate an architect and cover the cost of those fees, they'd have to get the work done and submitted within four weeks. Lisa Parker, Director of Public Space and Street Use for the City of Vancouver, says the new guidelines aim to keep the positive aspects of the patio program while transforming the temporary measure into permanent regulations. Parker says the new rules are necessary to ensure there is standardization and proper documentation for street patios as a permanent feature of the city. Asked about these concerns around the cost and the bureaucracy involved, Parker said the city was open to, quote, solution-oriented feedback. According to the city, there were about 700 patios using road space in 2021. And Tostenson says street patios remain a critical boost for pandemic-beleaguered restaurants, contributing about a 30% revenue boost 
and providing a safe and comfortable environment for people who, are, who still have some safety concerns about COVID. For a lot of us, it still feels better to be outside. This is Vancouver Consumer. We are here two to four every Saturday afternoon. I want to thank our producer, Leo Coelho, and uh, I'm Martin Strong. We'll see you next week. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.